what happens when you take a castle that has been vanied away from certain people and give it back into the hands of a certain other person? A video game. Fair. <laughs> I was going to say their hands become bloodstained. Oh, snap. That's a much better response than mine. Pew, pew. Good job, uh, buddy. <laughs> glad I did something good. Uh, hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Season Lamb Checkup OVA. It's episode 135. Oof. That's a lot. So many. Uh, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladium. Hello. And this is a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. And we're going to talk about a recently released video game this week. Mm-hmm. And by recently released, I mean like by, I guess, only a few weeks ago. Yeah. For some reason, like, I, I feel like I this game came out like a month ago. That's because you played it before anybody else. No. <laughs> That's actually not true. Oh, man. I got a code the day that the game came out. Okay. Or like backers got the code, so... Because they didn't send uh, review codes of this early. Because mm. they, they, this game came in hot. Hot. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, God, we have to patch this really quickly. Oh, God. <laughs> Do all this stuff. Uh, we're talking about Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. We are. One of the famed Kickstarter games that we probably talked about on our Kickstarter episode like two years ago. Oh, I'm sure we did. I would. Um, I don't understand why we wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, it was... <laughs> We have, we have a situation. Oh, Hold no. on. It's okay, buddy. We're good. He got caught in my uh, in the cord for my, oh, no. my headset and wasn't sure how to get out of it. I mean, at least he didn't, like, yank. He didn't yank it, but he was panicking, so I had to... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I had to replace it, like, pick him up and put him somewhere else so he would stop kicking at the cord. Max is having a, a rough day. <laughs> he is. He's having a real rough day. <laughs> He's having such a bad day. He really is. Poor dude. I know. Um, so Bloodstained, uh, like we said, one of the, the biggest uh, Kickstarter-backed games uh, at one point was the the highest grossing Kickstarter-backed game until I think Shenmue 3 came along and usurped it. But uh, after they... They did their whole campaign, crowdfunding campaign. Uh, they ended up with about $5.5 million from backers, which I believe is on top of money they received from, like, unknown, or not unknown, but anonymous uh, funders themselves that were outside of the, uh, the crowdfunding campaign. So oh, huh. it it's not like they they came into this with like no money. They had money coming into this, and they're like, we can make some more money. What if we asked for more monies? What could we do then? What if we hopped on this on this uh, bandwagon of, hey, people like these old games. What if we asked them to give us money to make another one? Um, which of course we have seen, you know, since then. Uh, uh the Bloodstained Kickstarter uh, started in 2015. Um, since that time frame, you know, when, when other major Kickstarters were, were happening in the video game scene, a lot of those that raised a, a big amount of money had a lot of, uh, 
popularity or word of mouth going around kind of didn't, uh, you know, meet expectations, let's say. <laughs> uh, so there was a lot of, you know, trepidation going into this game in particular because, you know, it was another one of the, the big Kickstarters and, you know, with how everything has gone thus far, people were like, well, is this going to just be another, hey, you know, this looked really cool, but turns out to be a big flop like the other ones had so far? Or is, you know, can this can this buck the trend? Can this break the Kickstarter curse? Look um, at you, <laughs> Among others. Uh, nah, that was just terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, and it, there was a lot of things that were, you know pretty questionable even before release like there was a uh, there was a trailer that hit before release where they're like hey we redid all of the artwork basically to make this look better <laughs> because everyone was complaining about it yeah and you look at that and you're like that doesn't seem good nope big yikes and uh and like i said like this game came in very hot to where like they didn't send out review codes prior to launch with their which they were even saying like we don't want this to make it seem like oh we don't believe in this game and we think the game's gonna be bad it's, it's literally we have to put this patch out and work on this and it's gonna come out the day of release essentially so mm -hmm. that's why we can't send out codes and even then like there was an issue like very early on where like they had to send out like another press release like saying hey if you started playing on this version patch like you need to start over because the patch we just released will basically break the game if you've started on the previous patch. Uh... So there was a lot of uh, <laughs> this. Like I said, this game came in very hot. Um, but outside of that, they did put out a fully fledged game. They did. They did. Uh, it runs kind of on some platforms, some better than others. Yeah. Um, which we will be able to talk about because I played on one version and you played on another version, so... Correct. You played on perhaps the more infamous version of the game so far. I did. But I got to play it from my bed. It's true. It's a pretty good... Uh, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah. Bloodstained is out there. It is playable. It is all that. Uh, you can review, re read my review on Crunchyroll. It's on there somewhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it. If you go into this, like you're, you're probably gonna have the preconceived notions of, you know, uh, this is a Koji Koji Igarashi joint. Uh, he, you know, of course, is the guy behind, or one of the people behind Symphony of the Night. Basically, kind of pushed that Metroidvania genre forward and put it way into motion as he kind of took over the Castlevania uh, department and made a lot of those types of games, and mm -hmm. he's making another one of those types of games. Uh, so if, if you kind of follow the, the development of this game, you will definitely know that, and this is one of those types of games. Like, immediately from the outset that, like, you begin playing, like, it... You it's, you basically have that feel. You're like, oh, this is definitely Symphony of the Night again. Yeah, it, it's very clear it's Symphony of the Night again. Mm-hmm. With a lady this time. True, with a lady this time. <laughs> they um, should have titled it that. Symphony of the Night again, but with a lady this time. <laughs> what a good title. See, this is why you should be uh, in marketing. It's true. I mean, people would buy that because they're like, oh, well, now I'm curious. And also, like, <laughs> I know what I'm getting into. <sighs> um, but yeah, like... I, I, when I first started playing it, like just just moving around, jumping around, uh, weapon attacks and all that, I was like, 
this is very much that game, which, which I didn't start, I didn't play until literally this year. So, you know, I don't have like the huge nostalgia for it that a lot of other people do. But even then it's like, I could immediately tell like, oh yeah, this is definitely invoking Symphony of the Night, which, which works, I think, especially considering you're driving for that market, Mm -hmm. uh, for that audience. And you want them to be like, immediately play it, get it in their hands and be like, oh, hey, it's Symphony of the Night. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, and I think that first impression you get is definitely that, which, you know, you get that feel throughout the entirety of the game, but, like, I don't think that it necessarily, like, relies on strictly nostalgia to get you through everything else, because there's a lot of different ways that they they basically take that formula and modernize it for a game that, should, that, that comes out in 2019, mm-hmm. which is smart, A, and B, basically what you would have to do. Um, I think it's kind of something that, like, the other, you know, retro games that were crowdfunded kind of perhaps lacked. Missed the mark on. Yeah, that, like, you know, you can make another game like that, but also, like, it's smart to implement some modern uh, elements to it, which, you know, even this game kind of does that, or doesn't do that all the way through. Like, there are still some faults here and there. Like, you know, there's the save system is very reminiscent of Symphony of the Night where you have to find save rooms and all that. There is no auto saving or anything like that. So if you uh you forget about that or, you know, you're more attuned to auto saves and saving being kind of like like a crutch for you that it'll back you up whenever. Like this doesn't do that. Like this or is very much a game that relies more like what happened twenty years ago. If you play a version that likes to crash. That too. Which is very unfortunate. Then you lose two hours of progress. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. That's why autosave is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, you you played the Switch version. Mm-hmm. I played the PS4 version, which which without which wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination either. Like, there were definitely times where the frame rate kind of dipped a little bit, so there were performance issues even with the PS4 version, but. The Switch version has been the one that's got a lot of the criticism uh, from this game, specifically because of it being even worse in terms of performance with with how it runs on the Switch. And even from your experience, like there was a lot of you had a lot of crashes issues and all that sort of stuff that they that uh, the team behind it has basically been like, hey, we need to we need to prioritize fixing the Switch version specifically. Like that is a thing we have to do because so many people are talking about how bad this version is. Yeah. Um, Can confirm. But, yeah. <laughs> you you definitely played through it, and you would know. Which, honestly, like, the frame rate issues, it happened every once in a while, but it wasn't as bad as the actual crashing was. Mm-hmm. Like, that irritated me more. And, like, the skin texture was just weird. They yeah. looked kind of corpsey. Yeah. Um, I think I may have had a crash once. I don't remember per, per se, but I didn't have nearly the amount that you did. You had like multiple, multiple crashes. It was like at least five. Yeah, which is which is not good. No, like that's that's kind of like secret of mana level of <laughs> yeah crashing. So I guess like the 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 pro tip to come out of this is that you know if you want to pick this game up, which it is pricey. For yeah. a game that like this, you know, it is $40 retail, which I think you can probably find it on sale. It was on sale a lot, even coming out like the release week it, for when it came out. Yeah, um, I got it for but, 32 bucks. But 
if you're going to pick the game up, you probably want to avoid the Switch version. You probably want to pick it up on PS4, Xbox One, or PC. Unless you are determined, like I am, to play from your bed. Or if you just want to wait and wait for them to fix that Switch version. Um, maybe that would be the the better call, and then it would probably be cheaper as That's well. That's a smart idea. Yeah, but if you want to play it now, like you would definitely want to avoid the Switch version. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because you know, like you said, the portability factor that's there is really good and handy. Um, like that's how I played Symphony of the Night was on the Vita, and it was mm-hmm. fun doing it that way. But I don't think the the issues that game has really, you know outweighs the, the 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 ability to have portability whenever but uh, let's talk about the game proper um ben diskins in it yes the there's a there's a wild english dub cast that's in this game i'm just saying that like i made an announcement to you a few weeks ago that it's essentially at this point that i just buy anything that ben diskins in <laughs> and then i bought this and I was like, oh, hey, Ben Diskin's in it. Confirmed. <laughs> Even though I didn't know. Hey, I didn't know that he was in it when I bought it. Now you know. Now I know. And that was great. Like, I kept going to talk to, like, Johannes because I was like, hey, Ben Diskin, what up? Anyway. <laughs> Plot. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the English voice cast is really good. Uh, they had some interesting... Uh, stretch goals that they provided for the English subcast like one of them was like getting David Hayter to be in the game <laughs> specifically just to 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 get at Kojima and Konami and all yep. that which which he does a really good job in this game he really does um, as Zengetsu the the samurai apparently he was originally going to be a a Jeeble really which would have been weird I think they 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 went with the right decision here yeah I agree also uh, I kept wanting to call him Gebel Every time I saw his name, I was like, Gebel, wait, Jebel. Yes, good old Gebel. Gebel. Uh, they also had another one that, that they uh, they put in, uh, Robert Belgard, the voice of Alucard from Symphony of the Night in the game as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they were just like, hey, let's, <laughs> let's do some funky things with the stretch goals of this, obviously, because that's what Kickstarter games do. But, uh... It's a good it's a good dubcast. Like, you know, there isn't necessarily a ton of voice acting. Like there are cutscenes here and there, but you know, a lot of the game is just gonna be you roaming around this castle and everything. But uh for what for what is there, it's it's fairly good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I would just go like chat with Ben Diskin. He would tell <laughs> ask me if I've eaten properly. You know, maybe that's what I should do, is set up an alarm that has Ben Diskin asking me if I've eaten properly and then I'd remember to eat. I mean maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe okay yeah you're right probably not um but like we said we've mentioned you know a lot so far like this is very much it's symphony of the night uh there's a ton of different variety in terms of like how you want to approach playing the game in terms of just weapon variety mm-hmm. specifically like there are so many just different weapon types that you can acquire and try out like there's you know there's like daggers there are short swords regular swords broad swords long swords spears um flying swords flying swords there's a whip boots of course uh yeah you you can just like kick people which is really good um just a bunch of different stuff that if you like you want to test out and figure out exactly like what you know is going to be more beneficial to your towards your play style you can totally go that route and just try everything out 
Uh, I think the, the the big difference between this and Symphony is that like is the shard system the shard that, system that the game has, where basically every enemy in the game can drop a shard, which ha- which gives you like a different ability based off of the specific enemy, mm-hmm. and those shards are also like kind of split off into like different things that to do so like you know some of them will just be kind of pretty basic abilities that you'll be able to do um some are important for the story right others will like you know you'll you'll acquire along the way that will basically unlock specific things that you'll be able to get to different parts of the castle that you would normally not be able to um some allow you to summon familiars which was something in symphony night but they kind of basically expand upon it more here there's like a, a wide variety more of those uh there's there's like passive shards as well that will kind of like give you a buff or something that will be beneficial towards you um but yeah like a lot of the or basically all of the enemies in the game will drop something and you can kind of farm those out if you wanted to get very much into it and i think that that also kind of like expands upon how you want to play the game because you know you have all the weapon choices you have but also all of the shard choices kind of make it so you have a a, a huge 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 variety of just different you know styles or techniques that you want to implement into how you want to play the game i had a sweet shard that i used all the time that was called welcome company and it was just portraits of people that would rotate around you and shield you, but also attack. And I had them like super powered up and had so many picture frames that floated around me. It's real it was good. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome company is best shard. I mostly like use the the weird tentacle you get from like fight being the first boss because it was like do a bunch of damage to bosses particularly and yeah. then by the end of the game i got into using like the water jet which i would just like spam at bosses because it just does a ton of damage if you just sit there and let it um so yeah like that was basically basically my strategy just however i can just cheaply get damage <laughs> i will do it um and then you get familiars as a shard mm-hmm. which that that was cool um, there's like a fairy one and a knight one and the little like Medusa head type things. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of those you get. Um, I use the, the knight dude a lot just because he would come in and just poke people. Like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> um, and he was very useful. Yeah, I ended up sticking with him by the end of it because he did a lot of dirty damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That was the, uh, the one big thing there. Um, so yeah, you, I did do a lot of shard farming in this and that got annoying, especially after you farmed for a couple hours and then finally got it and then the game crashed. (laughs) Um, but I I did do a lot of shard farming, so I had a, a pretty decent percentage of them all, but, um, at the same time I used like maybe two A handful, Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool, you do, like, nothing. Cool. Right, glad I just farmed you for three hours. Yeah, I don't think I really got into it as deeply as you did, mostly because, you know, I was just getting through the game, and the only times I really had to was when, like, the game kind of forces you to, to where, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you need to get, if you want to get into, like, this area, you have to have this specific shard, which, of course, the game kind of is, you know, iffy on sometimes telling you when you need that or not. 
which can be a little bit bothersome, but, um, you know, if you, if you are the type of person who wants to like go full completionist and all that, like it's going to, you're going to have to do a bit of farming, I guess, is the thing with, to, in order to get, to get all the shards. Cause there are a ton of them. Yep. Um, guess we should, let's talk about the story a bit. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about the story a bit. Uh, you begin on a boat. I'm on a boat. You're on a tiny little boat. It's not that tiny. It's a tiny little boat. It's not that tiny. It's not really. It's a pretty big boat, but it is kind of like the starting area until you eventually move on to the castle. Uh, you you meet what? Miriam. What is a castle? Yeah, it's just shocking. I know. <laughs> uh, you meet Miriam, who's the uh, the character you play as, uh, and basically you learn how you know she's a she can have all these shards from enemies and all that sort of stuff and. There's not a lot of people who are able to do that. Um, they learned that their old pal Jeebel is doing some bad stuff. Gee, Jeebel, what are you doing? God. <laughs> uh, and you you basically have to find him and confront him and all that. You are accompanied by uh, Johannes. And Johannes. Do- Johannes. They and pronounce Dominique. the J. Johannes. <laughs> God. Uh, Dominique and basically those two are going to be your. They help you out throughout the rest of the game. Uh, you're able Johannes to set up. Is an alchemist and he helps you cook. Yep. Uh, you you set up shop in this little house that uh, is like on the outskirts of this castle that pops up. The castle is a demon castle, of course. Everyone's like ah. Ah, and so many people died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominique is like a member of the church, mm-hmm. essentially like a nun type thing. Yeah, so she 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 sells you stuff, and both of them will just pop up through the castle. You know, whenever, There's whenever the cutscene very... demands it. <laughs> yeah, they just show up and they're like, "How did you even get here? This is really far in this castle." Um, there's also a small girl named Anne, mm-hmm. who has like the wildest accent. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of people who will just, like, randomly show up at the house or, like, the surrounding areas that will, like, become quest givers, essentially. Oh, like that murderous lady. Yeah, there's a lady who's just like, hey, go kill a bunch of demons and... Kill them all, those murderers! <laughs> and avenge all these random people. Um, there's an old lady who just wants to eat food. Eat food, but she can't remember what the food is, so you have yep. to help her out. Uh, there's, there's a lady a... who wants to bury all the people. Yep. And there's a dude who just grows crops. <laughs> <laughs> That's his job. Uh, and yeah, they'll, they'll basically all help you. You can do a bunch of quests and they'll get, you'll get items and all that sort of stuff. Um, which is, which is pretty cool because there's a lot of different quests you can, you're able to undertake. Um, and some of the quests that ha- are, you know, very referential, let's say, toward other games in this genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you eventually have to go to a castle. It is a very weirdly designed castle. Yeah, the architect of this wild it's very wild um it, that that whole thing basically plays out as you would expect you know you find a, a wide variety of different areas to explore you know they are all full of secrets and everything that where you know you'll you'll look at something like oh i can't get there and then you'll come back like five hours later and be like oh now i have this ability and i'm able to to traverse up there i'm so happy fun stuff like that jump. oh yeah double jump is great 
I literally did a fist pump when I unlocked double jump. I was like, yes, finally. She gets like these cute little like rainbow wings on her back when you double jump. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rad. And there's um, a bunch of different like abilities you'll be able to unlock throughout the the game itself where uh, it'll help with like traversion. Um, there's one where you can kind of like shoot out a beam of light and just and get through like tight corridors that way. Yep. Um, there is they 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 kind of get around the whole idea of the inverted castle by just giving you an ability called inversion, just yep. which just turns everything upside down. Yep. Um, there's one that you can absorb blood. Yep. <laughs> which is useful for like one area. <laughs> I mean, it's, apparently it's also useful. Like you can use it for healing, but I never did. Yeah. Uh, you can phase through uh, walls. Yeah. Which is a very late game ability, but that is a thing you can do as well. Which, speaking of that blood, can we talk about the fact that there's just like this fountain just full of blood and overflowing with it? Like, what an aesthetic choice, man. I mean, the game is called Bloodstained for a reason. It's just a fountain of blood. Fountain of blood. It's crazy. Just chilling. Uh, so, yeah. Um, eventually, you meet an old dude whose name is Alfred. Uh-huh. He was also in the uh, Cal- Alchemy Guild. He was a mentor to Johannes. Johannes's. He mentor. seems super sketchy. He does seem sketchy. Everyone's like, that dude's super sketchy. He wants a book. He wants a book. He's real into this book, and he's he needs to stop... Uh, Jeebel. Uh, Jeebel from getting it. Yes. Um, you also meet Zangetsu, who is the samurai that Dominique knows. Um, you get to fight him a couple of times, and he's just very, like, untrustworthy. <laughs> he's like, you have bad powers. I have to kill you. Yep. And we're like, hey, can we talk about this? Nope. I have to kill you, man. <laughs> Lady. So eventually, you know, you'll fight all of them. Fight a bunch of, fight a, bu- fight a bunch of bosses. There are some that are creative, though. Like, I, I was super mad because I kept dying to her, but, like, that, the blood one was really mm-hmm. cool. It's, it's interesting because, like, you would kind of expect, considering how much the game evokes something tonight and Castlevania in general, that it would fall on, like, the just the easy, oh, well, we can just use those types of bosses. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's Frankenstein. Here's the mummy. Like, all that sort of stuff that, you know, have been has been used to death in Castlevania games. And really all of the bosses in here are kind of, like, are more unique mm-hmm. and not really just those same tropes that you have become accustomed to. From Castlevania. Well, that lady, what I liked about her is that, um, for one, she fights with like a red parasol. Mm-hmm. But um, as you do damage to her, like her outfit changes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a bayonetta situation with like her outfit is made of blood. So as you attack her, and more blood like goes on the floor as opposed to on her. Her like dress changes styles. And like that's a good touch. It is. Like at one point, by the time that she's like almost dead, she has like on a like tea dress that's like a short skirt, <laughs> but she starts with like a floor like past the floor length dress on. It's crazy. Um, that's another boss I was gonna mention. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Shoot, there's like a robot. Always fight robots. What you was gotta, I going to talk about? You have to fight a dark version of yourself. You do. Mm-hmm. 
which I think that maybe is the one that's like you know is the copycat but mm-hmm. everything else is kind of not necessarily that but yeah <laughs> I was like oh this is yeah okay this fight okay oh no it wasn't a boss I was going to talk about we were talking about like how it leans on Symphony of the Night tropes um, there is a character in it called OD mm-hmm. who is a vampire it runs the yes. library yes and there is a tunnel underneath his chair yep and I was like, wow, guys, subtle. It's very true. Mm-hmm. I forgot what OD stands for, but his name is OD. Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, I think that's the dude, uh, uh, the guy who voiced Alucard voices. Oh, really? Yeah. That makes sense, honestly. Uh, his name is Orlock Dracul. <laughs> and he lends you out, like, little, like, books that give you buffs and everything. He's like, return it. This is not a bookstore. It's a library. I never returned his books. Eventually, if I went back to him, he's like, hey, you want to run another book? And I was like, heck yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, me like, how books. are you supposed to return them? You beat the game. <laughs> Sorry, dude. They're all like, my books now. Your castle goes away. So, like, how am I supposed to return the books? And then there's, like, a killer barber who um, is a friendly killer barber. Yeah, and he gives you a haircut. He just wants to cut hair. <laughs> you find haircut books, and it's like, oh, now I know how to do this. <laughs> it's really good um there's a lot of good just like um hidden bosses as well mm-hmm. like there's a there's a few that are just like you know specifically kind of just like hard for the sake of being hard because of course they are um and they're kind of sectioned off in their own little rooms but there is uh there's one that is basically literally just a knockoff uh, belmont because he he basically he has a whip uh, and has all of the Castlevania sub weapons. Like he has holy water. He has the 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 T boomerang. Uh, he has he has axes. Like it is literally a Belmont you were fighting. Is that the one that I fought, but I didn't realize who it was because I was so scared. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He was hard. Mm-hmm. Um. The carpenter was a really hard boss. I don't think I ever beat the carpenter just because like it was such like it's a very tight quarters fight. It is, and also he summons, like, super demons. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a close quarters fight, plus he summons demons, and you're like, ah! <laughs> I beat him, and I barely beat him, because I didn't know that there were full heals in the game until the very end, so I was just using high potions to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Not good. Not good. Uh, there's a very good section as well that you'll find uh, where you find a portrait of Iga, Mm-hmm. And you take that, and it and it literally puts you into like an eight bit version of the game. Also, speaking of hard, yes, uh, it, like all these bosses are kind of like more meant for like when you're near the end of the game, yeah, specifically. But like that section is really cool because like it I... even gives you like eight bit like shards that give you like eight bit powers and stuff like that. Yep. And then I'm like, s- go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'm surprised that I actually beat all these super bosses because mm-hmm. like I'm usually not that person. Um, I didn't realize that they were supposed to be hard bosses until like I had already beat them and I was like, oh. <laughs> but they were hard. They were really they hard. Are. Um, um there's also another one called Millionaire who's just like a a mimic chest, but he mm-hmm. can also do um like slots. Yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. And there's this one room that I think it's like Celeste. Did you get that one? Sorry, you cut out there when you were saying it. Oh, Celeste's room. 
Is it the room where like there's a bunch of like music boxes? And the cat portrait? Mm-hmm. And that if you sit in the chair, there's a ghosty? Yeah. Uh, I looked up to see exactly what that was. And when I was playing it, people had no idea what to do for that room. When I was playing it, nobody knew what to do. So like the, the consensus about it was either that there is a puzzle in there that no one has figured out yet, or it was just a backer room that they just made that way to make it seem like it was a puzzle room. Yep, that's that's what I've read. Mm-hmm. Nobody's figured it out if there is an actual puzzle there. Yeah. Um, but most... Because it, it definitely seems like it, there should be something there, mm-hmm. given the way it's set up, but yeah, no one is really aware of it at the moment. Um... So eventually, you know, you you fight a bunch of bosses. You get a lot of the the uh, castle unlocked. Uh, you fight Zengetsu again, and he gives you his sword. And he mentions that like you have to use the sword to cut the moon when you fight Jebel, because if you you could fight Jebel basically at any time when you find him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you fight him before you have that sword and do the thing, it basically just gives you like a bad ending, where you see like uh, Miriam and Johannes are like. Hey, we beat Jebel, but the castle's still there and everything still seems bad. Welp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically you have to do this thing in the Jebel fight where you use the uh, sword that Zengetsu gives you and cut the moon when it turns red. And that hits the person who has control over Jebel and basically kind of frees him of uh, being controlled. But then he turns into like a weird crystallized goop. Yeah. Um, so I, I assume that he died. Like, Johannes was just, like, chilling with him for a bit. And I'm like, maybe he can, like, come back. But then he wasn't there at the ending. So I'm like, okay, maybe he just died and nobody really did anything about it. I think it's basically, it's kind of like to say, like, the crystals take over him. Took over him. Mm-hmm. Well, because Johannes said that he would, like, look into trying to undo the process. But, like that wasn't clarified that that was a thing that he was able to do so right i guess he's just dead now yep uh so eventually like after that you 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 chase the uh the 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 demon that was controlling uh Giebel named grimmery mm-hmm. uh and you go through this, this portal that takes you to a different area where everything is very big it reminded giant me, it reminded me of the 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 one uh world in super mario land 2 oh right where everything is super big and you're tiny yeah which is that's exactly what happens here uh within here you find uh you find alfred again mm-hmm. uh he gets very he gets mortally wounded and tells uh tells you that like the book's gone and he basically was uh trying to use the book to to basically destroy everything Make sure, in like in a way that was good. Turns out he was misunderstood. He was very misunderstood. He was not the villain all along. Mm-hmm. But he does tell you who was. He does tell you who was. Uh, so you go through the giant area, which is kind of difficult because there's not a lot of like save areas or anything like that. Yeah. I don't uh, think you, there's any save areas, is there? There's one, I think. One, okay. I know there was like a warp area like yeah. a, below it, but not in there. It's it's very like kind of like out of the way essentially. Yeah. Um. There's another boss in there you have to fight and everything, but eventually you know. Oh, that m- dumb money belly guy. You kept you tell me you told me like you had problems with it. And I was like I beat that I beat that boss first try. I don't know. 
But also, um, I didn't have anything but high potions. So did I. <laughs> ah! Um, I ended up putting on the Aegis armor so that I could jump and not hit the spikes. I never and, hit the spikes either. Well, because I w kept trying to like chill out on top of its coin things. Yeah, that's what I would do, and then he would just knock him down. I would just go bump, 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 and I would just, I just hit him with the water stream and just, just held that on. Well, damn. And then eventually he just died, and I was like, okay, that was, that was a boss. Yep. Well, apparently I'm just bad at the game. <laughs> no, you beat more bosses than I did. Um. So yeah, you eventually go through all that area, and then eventually after that, you'll you'll get back. You'll find a, the final area, and that's where you. Uh, you take on who is the the true villain? The ice tomb. Wait, that's not the true villain. That's where you are. <laughs> it is true. Uh, you learned that Dominique stole the book. Da -ba -bum. And she was basically the the big baddie the whole time. Whoa! It's so funny if you go back to the the house and go talk to Anne, who's now running the store. She's like, man, I wonder when that lady's coming back. I'm running the store for. Her. You think she's ever gonna come back? It's no. like, oh, oh, honey, she's she's the villain. <laughs> she's bad. She's gone for good. Yeah, she sucks. <laughs> uh, she she basically is trying to use the book to to summon Bale, the King of Demons. Da -ba -bum. And uh, you have to fight her, and then fight Bale as the final boss. Which also was one that I was like, ah, I need heals. Yeah, that was the one where I had to like, kind of break down. Be like, all right, I need to get these full heal potions because I am not uh, these these high potions are not cutting the cutting the mustard here. Um, it, but yeah, it it's a it's a tough fight. Super tough, especially because like you you have to do the the Dominique fight and then the Bale fight back to back. Yep. And it just it's two tough fights back to back. It is not easy, so you kind of need that all those kind of healing items that you're able to get. Which I kind of suspected her. Yeah. Because she kept showing up with uh, Zangetsu, and I'm like, why are you here? Go away. <laughs> and she seems like she was kind of like running the show for a bit there with him. Mm -hmm. But then she kept getting letters from him, like, Zangetsu says that if you go here, you can fly. And I'm like, what? Zangetsu, what are you talking about? Are you on drugs? <laughs> Yeah, that was the weird way that the game would be like, hey, go this way, you'll get this ability. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Um, so, yeah. And then the castle disappears and everybody lives happily ever after except for Jeebel, who is apparently dead. Poor Jeebs. Oh, and Alfred. He's dead, too. And I guess Dominique. She's also dead. And all the people in the village. It's true. And you'll 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 play through the final cutscene, and there'll be like weird water sounds playing throughout it. Yeah, both the audio on both of ours messed up at the end. Yep, I don't know if that's like a widespread problem or not, but like it happened for you and it happened for me, and we were playing on two different consoles, so it was weird. It was very weird, like. It just played throughout the entire cutscene, and then the credits, and it was well, not to the credits because the credits had stopped. But then, like after the credits roll ended, it was like, and then it stopped. Yeah, it was awesome. It was very weird. Um, there's, there's, oh, you know what I didn't like about this? Hmm. That tower. Yeah. 
Yeah, I kept having to go up and down that tower and then like climb on the gears and it was a nightmare. Hated that tower. I I had to do the same thing. And then you had like the the flippies like when you invert it and then it's like, "Oh, cool, I'm at the bottom and now I have to climb all the way to the top again." Yay! It was awful. I really hated that tower. Um a good touch though was that you fight twin dragons there because it is the twin dragon area. It's true. Wow. Um, who could have guessed? Who could have guessed? But um, after I fought him for the first time, I was like running back up the tower after getting the item. And yeah, I did the same thing. And I was like, well, this was nothing. Yep. Um, but it was for the picture. You needed the, the thing to take the picture to get through the mm-hmm. train station. But anyway, um, as I was walking up, I noticed that like, there were blood-stained, like, dragon footprints up going up the tower. Mm-hmm. I was like, nice. That's a good touch. But they go away after you, uh... After you leave the area. Yeah. Um, I think, like, some things that, like, I got nitpicky about with this game were, like... I feel some of the UI and, like, the production elements of the UI felt super cheap specifically for like a $40 game like it looked like the kind of stuff you would find in maybe like a $15 game in terms of just like how the text looks how the menus look like a lot of just like looked real cheap and not not the kind of quality you would expect from a game that is $40 right um so I thought that was kind of a bummer because like you know I, I just think you would you should expect better from that if they're charging that kind of money for it Specifically, um, I feel like there was something else and I don't remember. While you're trying to remember, the music's real good. Yes. The music's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I had issues with like the skin textures on the Switch version. Like They, mm-hmm. they just looked corpsey. It was very weird. I don't think I had that on the PS4 version, or at least like the way it, I don't think it looked that bad. Yeah, it also did have the the cool thing that like when you put on accessories, it changes on the model. Yeah, like there were some that it didn't per se, but like a lot of them, you would get like representation on your model of like, oh, you put on this this mask and now you're just wearing this mask it was mostly just like armor stuff that didn't show up like if you put on body armor it wouldn't show it except for like one that was like a valkyrie dress Mm -hmm. um or i think like there was a different kind of dress i don't remember what it was but um but any kind of like hat or scarf or whatever you could put it on and it would change what you look like and that was fun Mm -hmm. so yeah that's bloodstained yeah, it is, it is very much a game that if you you know you like Metroidvanias, you are a fan of Symphony of the Night. Like this is something you obviously would want to play. I liked it despite the fact that it was frustrating at times for me because of all the crashes. Totally, um, it breaks free of the uh, the crowdfunding kind of curse that has begotten a lot of the bigger games from that platform. So, but again, cool- I think. Part of that is because, like you said, they were trying to not just, like, completely replicate the style of that. Like, they did, they made a Metroidvania, they made us into the night, but they put some mm-hmm. things that were, like, 2019-ish in there. It helped. 
and I think as well, like, you know, this coming out so much later after those games, like they were, they were able to see just like, Oh, those oh games God. kind of went wrong in some ways. How can we make sure our game doesn't go wrong in that way? Yeah. Which of course, like, you know, like we said, this game isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, considering, you know, like you talked about the switch version is still pretty messed up, but outside of that, for the most part, you know, it doesn't really fall into the same categories that the other uh, it's Kickstarter games. It's one of the games. best Kickstarter nostalgia games. Yeah. I think that's, that is something you can easily say. Yeah. I love there's just a portrait of him in there, though. That's <laughs> super funny. Of course. Why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So, yeah, that's Bloodstained. Uh. We're also going to take a look here since we're in July and see the see what's ha- coming out in the back half of 2019 and just, you know, talk about some of the games that we are interested in and see what uh see what all's coming down the pipeline. Trials of Cold Steel 3. Wee. That is true. I don't know if it's on this list or not, but oh, I guess it is. That's cool. Uh so we're going to start with July, which already, you know, we're a few and weeks in. We're in the midst of it. We are in the midst of it, so like you know, a few things have already come out, like uh, uh, the expansion of Final Fantasy XIV, uh, the Stranger Things three game. I should try that. You should. Uh, there was a port of Clanad to the Switch, because of course, <laughs> uh, Doctor Mario World just just came out today as we're recording this, and that game seems okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's a bunch of things that have already come out. Uh, so. Next week onward is stuff that I think hasn't come out, or I guess next week onward? I guess this is still Friday. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2 comes out this Friday, so it'll already come out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 comes out the following Friday on the 19th. That is a Switch exclusive. Uh, the next Friday after that is actually pretty packed. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses comes out on the Switch. Uh, the Kill a Kill fighting game comes out, and then Wolfenstein Youngblood comes out. Well, I'm getting two of those games. Yep. <laughs> Just it's a. I I didn't realize like th- both of those games came out on the same day until like a few days ago. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that takes us into August, where of course this means the video games are back with the release of John Madden's Football NFL 20. <laughs> Yay. Uh, other stuff coming out in August. Uh, the the release of Metal Wolf Chaos. Uh, which I think is the first time that game has come out in the U.S. Uh, Life is Strange 2 Episode 4 comes out on the 22nd of August, which means I have until then to play Episode 3. Whoops. <laughs> Still need to do that. Uh, the 27th sees Control, the game, the new game from um, Remedy, the game that looks like PsyOps, but is made by you know the Max Payne uh, Alan Wake developers. Uh, also, World of War Classic, or World of Warcraft Classic comes out that same day. You know, if you want to just time travel back to 2005 and play WoW that way. Man, Alan Wake was good. Yeah, it was. It was a really good game. Yeah, it was. And Remedy got the the rights back to it, so that's great. Yay! They can put that out elsewhere if they want to. Good. Uh, The 30th of August sees the release of Astral Chain, the uh, the Platinum Games joint for the Switch. Uh, The Blair Witch game. Right, I forgot that existed. And then also the Dark Pictures Man of Medan, 
which is the new game from the developers of uh, Until Dawn. And huh. it's basically the, a game in that style again. So I'm uh, interested to see what that is. Uh, September starts off with uh, the release of Catherine Fullbody. I uh, hope that they are correct. Like, I've seen a lot of reports that they have adjusted mm -hmm. it for America, and I'm really hoping that that is the case. Yeah, you can only hope. You can only hope. Uh, the 10th C is the release of Gears 5. Maybe, Which we still don't know a whole lot about. Maybe by that, that point, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you what that game is, actually. That'd be nice. Uh, September 13th sees Borderlands 3, Damon X Machina, NHL 20. There we go. Whoa. The real game's coming out. Whoa. Uh, September 17th, the uh, AI of the Somnium Files comes out. Yeah. The new Uchi Koshi game. Super excited. Yep. Uh, September 20th sees uh, the Link's Awakening remake, and then also the, uh, the Nino Kuni 1 remaster, and then just re-release on Switch. Uh, the 24th sees a bunch of stuff comes out, like a bunch of old like classic uh, computer RPGs like Baldur's Gate, uh... Icewind Dale, there's a lot of those just coming out to modern consoles. Uh, that weird Contra game comes out that day. Oh, weird. Uh, this is also when Trails of Cold Steel 3 comes out. Yeah! Um, I know what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> and then the 27th sees uh, the release of Code Vein, which is the anime Dark Souls looking game. Uh, the Switch version of Dragon Quest XI. And then, of course, FIFA 20. Of course. Of course. Uh, October sees... Uh, the the latest Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon game come out on the fourth and Breakpoint. I don't think that dog is in that game though, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, October 18th sees the release of which just this just got announced uh, literally this past weekend. Uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition for PC and Switch, which combines both of those games together into one package, which seems like a very good deal for two very good games. I will yell about that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ow, October. Ow, ow. One of the cats is very upset by that. <laughs> it's Max. He's attacking my foot. <laughs> what a weirdo. Uh, October 25th sees Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Not a re-release of the old game, but the new version of that game. Great. Uh, the remake of Medieval. And then The Outer Worlds, the new game from Obsidian, which is totally not a political charge game. Nope, no siree. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope, totally not. Uh, uh, and then on Halloween, Persona 5 Royal comes out in Japan, if you're interested in that. Uh, November, of course, like uh, the latter half of this year on Wikipedia is not fully fledged out because November is like a few games and it's going to be probably exploding by Cat. the time we get close to there. Uh, but these are, you know, confirmed release dates, at least on here. Uh, in November, uh, they are putting out the Layton's Mystery Journal game on Switch as a complete edition. On the 8th. Also on the 8th is uh, Death Stranding. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, on the 13th, they're re-releasing 13, which I guess you know makes sense they put that out on the 13th. Uh, the weird cel-shaded first-person shooter from like the PS2. Uh, the 15th of November sees Pokemon Sword and Shield and also Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. On the 19th, the release of Shenmue 3. Speaking of Kickstarter back games. No kidding. And then on the 22nd, Doom Eternal. <gasps> <laughs> uh, 
I never thought I would be this excited for a <laughs> Doom game. Oh my god, I'm so hyped though. I cannot wait to rip Demon's arms off and beat the shit out of them with it. I need uh, that right now. Maybe that's what I should do is just play some I get off this and like rage. It's not a bad idea. Uh, and then at some point in November, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games to Tokyo 2020, which I will again say looks good. Yeah, I was say, didn't, isn't that the one you want to play? Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, December currently has Life is Strange 2 Episode 5, and then the enhanced, an enhanced version of Neverwinter Nights coming out on the 3rd. And that's basically it for, for that. Uh, there's some stuff that they have that is unscheduled, quote-unquote. Um, let me see if there's anything notable in here. When does talk about. Life is Strange like finish coming out? Probably after the fifth episode. Okay, so that's when I can buy the yeah, whole. Pack. I would yeah, probably December ish would be when you would want to pick that up. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII will come out at some point this year. <laughs> this year on what? modern consoles. Uh, and then also Crystal Chronicles remaster. I'm so ready for eight. Um, Crystal Chronicles is good too. I never played it. I think uh, you'd like it. Yeah, we should probably we should play that. We should. Luigi Mansion Three is coming out. I I think the game has a date. I don't remember. I would assume October. Wikipedia doesn't say one way or the other, but I'm pretty sure they announced a date for that game. It's it's got to be October. That's when they do Luigi's Mansion. Uh, the Mario Kart game for iOS. Oh, I forgot about that. That is going to be coming out sometime in Q3 apparently. Um, Resident Evil 5 and 6 for the Switch so you should definitely play 6 and not 5 <laughs> we'll talk about that yeah we will talk about that um, the Pokemon Masters iOS game that's coming out also in Q3 uh, the new Shantae game <laughs> that might come out this year I don't know uh, what else uh, I think they're also putting out Root Letter again they're putting yeah! out the, the version that has the FMV stuff in it Yes. Which I'm excited about. That seems real good. Yes. Um, some of this other stuff just doesn't have uh, dates on it, so I don't know. Uh, Windjammers 2 maybe come out this year? Who knows? That'd be good. Uh, yeah. There's probably a bunch of stuff we were missing just because, you know, Wikipedia can be very bizarre when it comes to... When things come out, I'm gonna I want to check a back source here, just to see if there's anything else come out. Uh, also, uh, Google Stadia comes out I think in November as well, so that is technically a console launch. Although neither of us are really gonna be picking that up. Yeah, no. Because we don't really have the the infrastructure for that. Mm -mm. I live in Alabama. <laughs> you do. Thus, You're not wrong. Don't have the infrastructure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of stuff coming out later this year, which is exciting. Yes. I, I mean, there's a lot that I'm looking forward to, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I like when I get excited about things. <laughs> I like when I get excited about things. That's a good I, way to look at it. I do like when I get excited about things. <laughs> fun uh so yeah those are fun games to look forward to we will probably talk about a few of those here and there when we get a chance um over the course of the 
the year. Mm-hmm. Essentially. But uh that's gonna that's gonna wrap this episode up then. Yep. Yep. Um so bloodstain. Could be better, but it's pretty good. The rest of this year. Yay! There's some stuff coming out. <laughs> um also we're gonna have to talk about Resident Evil Five at some point. I mean we might have to talk about that next week. I we probably should talk about it next week because I have a lot to say. A uh, lot. We're probably gonna go through and play some of like the uh, the the, uh, the alternate modes, um, just to. Oh, we should do that soon. Yeah, you do that a... tonight. Uh, you don't have to. I, was, I just wanted to see what time it was. I mean, we could. Okay, cool. We might could get there one. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. We will definitely probably talk about that next week. But uh, until then, if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalAmyCheckup.com or SCC.Cools, where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Checkup, which has a new episode out. Uh, and, Jared and, I'll, and Jared and I'll watch. Cannot talk today, apparently. Uh, you can find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. And you can support us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Mm-hmm. So next week we will probably discuss uh, Resident Evil 5. Which, mm, yeah. uh, also, hey, go to Crunchyroll and read my uh, my piece I did on early anime games, which I'm pretty proud Y'all, of. Y'all, it's so rad. There's there's some weird <laughs> some weird stuff in there. Some really weird stuff. Like, um, I think a lot of people are going to be more familiar with like Cliffhanger because that is a pretty infamous game in its own right. But like. That uh that 1980 loop in the third licensed arcade game is super strange. Those mm-hmm. those Japanese PC Gundam games are real weird. It's it's a whole just weird swath of stuff from uh the early portion of like the the 80s. Um, and it's interesting to see how game adaptations have come and come along since then, and how those games you know potentially are were influential to how we play games today. It's a good piece, y'all. You there should you read it. Uh, so we'll be back next week with uh, some interesting thoughts on Resident Evil 5, most likely. <laughs> uh, it should be fun. <laughs>